You ever watch Star Wars? Yeah, of course. People say I look like Han Solo. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Worth the Watch podcast. While there are plenty of movie review podcasts out there, our goal is not to be that. This is supposed to be a fun look back at movies from our past that we have enjoyed. We just want to fill that place between your ears for about an hour. Make your commute to work a little more tolerable, or let you reflect on a movie that you may have seen. Movies can make us laugh and cry, make us cringe in fear, or be a shot of adrenaline. We watch them in theaters with total strangers, at home with friends and family, or on Sundays when it's on cable for the 300th time. When One We Love comes on TV, we get excited. It's almost like, hey, someone else likes this movie too. So if you like what we do, let us know. Follow us on Twitter at WorthTheWatchPC, again, at WorthTheWatchPC, or email us at WorthTheWatchPodcast at gmail.com. Make suggestions of movies you love and want to hear. Tell us what areas you want us to cover. Please keep things clean. We have families that don't want them to be worried about us. Please remember, this is all in good fun, and if something on here offends you, tough shit. Get over it and find something else to be upset about. Welcome to the Worth the Watch podcast. I'm your host, Ed Palilla. With me as always, Mike Kennedy. How we doing, folks? Uh, it's with a heavy heart that Mike and I decided to change the movie we're going to do this week due to we're taping this on uh, a Tuesday after the death of, sadly, the death of Burt Reynolds. Um, I don't know if you'd seen Mike. I saw pictures of him about six months ago, and he was looking pretty frail then. So it wasn't that big of a surprise when I heard about it, although I'd heard interviews with him. He still sounded as, as spry as ever. So we have chosen the movie Boogie Nights. Uh, Boogie Nights came out in October of 1997. It had a limited release to begin with and then a full release a few weeks later. The budget of the movie, only $15 million. This is another one. Uh, I think when we talked about the replaceables was made for something like $20 million. If they wanted to cast this today, Mark Wahlberg alone would probably require $40 million. You, you meant the replacements, right? Yeah. What did I say? The replaceables. Ah, sorry. <laughs> the replacements. Sorry. Yes. It, the movie only made $26 million in theaters. And I feel like this movie, after the Oscars, the Golden Globes and the Oscars the following year, is when this movie started to actually really gain ground. And then it has since had a long run. Uh, it's been more of a, a Cinemax HBO than a TNT CB, uh, TBS kind of movie, just because of the, the nature of the movie and a lot of the stuff that would have to come out. <laughs> Any guess on what the Rotten Tomato score is of this movie, Mike? The, the uh, critic score. What is it? It's like a percentage, right? Correct. Out of 100, obviously. Uh, 85? 93%. This is a critic darling movie because there is a lot of like really good cinematography and chasing shots, especially like the pool scene. There's a lot of, you know, when going, yeah, tracking shots. Thank you. Tracking shots. That's the words I'm looking for. Um, You know, like when Reed jumps in the water, it goes underwater, then comes back up, that kind of stuff. It's, 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 uh, it's a critic darling type movie. The audience score still lies at 89%. As I said, it didn't do that well in theaters, 
And I don't know if it was because of the limited release or maybe uh, because of the, the subject of the movie itself, it didn't do that well. But over time, it has grown more and more and more and more, I feel. And now it's probably you. It, it'll probably have a nice run again on TV because of the passing of Burt Reynolds. I bet you'll you'll see it a lot more. Probably, and I agree with you that it's de- it's definitely probably because of the topic of the movie. You know, the adult film industry. You know, kind of like that. And I know the the, the movie they had to do a lot of cutting, so it didn't get one of those like. NC seventy ratings or something like that. Yeah, the, it, I I have that later in the facts. I think it's there. There they end up cutting forty seven, like forty seconds out of the movie alone, just to get. So it wouldn't go from it would go from an NC seventeen to an R, and I'm very curious what that real difference would have been. I don't know if you'd have to have a an actual like shot of something <laughs> to get that, but there there's a I I can't remember if I have it later or not. Um, the movie was supposed to be well over three hours. And they essentially told Paul Thomas Anderson, you can either get this down to an R rating or get it under three hours, but you can't have a three and a half hour, a three hour movie that's NC-17. It'll never go anywhere. It ended up coming down to about two and a half and getting down to the R rating anyways. Again, the movie just, that might've been part of the problem too, is it was so long in theaters. People just didn't go. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't I couldn't find anything specific one way or another that said there was, you know, an evangelical backlash or anything like that. But although at this point, any, any publicity is good publicity, especially when it comes to movies. So we'll go through the cast. I'm going to start with the director, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, very critically acclaimed. Some of the movies he's done, there will be blood. Uh, I think he was up for the Oscar. I can't remember if he's won any Oscars or not, but uh, there will be blood Magnolia, the master, uh, what was it? I had another one up there too, but uh, you know he's, he's very well known at, director. I tried punch to go. What's that? He was in. He did punk, punch drunk love. Oh, punch drunk love. That was the other one I'd written down. Yeah, I'm gonna go in order because in the opening scene, you see all these people except for like one or two of them, and then <clears> we're gonna get into as they're walking into the club. They kind of introduce the characters as they go. But the last two are not in it. They don't come into it till a little bit later. And then we're going to talk about Burt Reynolds at the end. But so Julianne Moore plays Amber Waves. She's considered the mother hen uh, of all the adult film actresses. You know her from The Big Lebowski, the uh, Jurassic Park, The Lost World, and another good movie she did called Next. If I think you remember that one, Mike. Luis Guzman plays Maurice T.T. Rodriguez. Don't know what the T.T. stands for, but it's in his name. He's one of our favorite characters from Waiting and then also from Count of Monte Cristo, too. He's fantastic in this movie as well. He is. Yeah, he, he's awesome in everything. I wish he was in more stuff. Uh, maybe I have these a little out of order. Uh, Heather Graham plays Roller Girl. You know her from The Hangover. Uh, she was in Austin, the second Austin Powers movie. There's William H. Macy plays Little Bill. He's in the TV show Shameless, which he's been up for a ton of Emmys for. And most infamous from Fargo and then Thank You for Smoking, which is one of my favorite movies, which eventually we'll get to. That that's a that's a little one for me on that one. Uh John C. Riley plays Reed Rothschild. You know him from Step Brothers, you know him from Talladega Nights, but he also has done some serious roles, including Gangs in New York. Don Cheadle plays Buck Swope. He's from the Oceans movies, eleven, twelve, and thirteen, as well as the uh Crash. 
Nicole Ari Parker plays Becky Barnett, another adult film actress. Uh, most notably, she was the wife in Remember the Titans. I had to look her up because I recognized her. And I don't know about you if you've noticed this, but Remember the Titans has been on TV nonstop the last two months. It's on all the time. I don't know. You know I guess because football season is coming back. I wouldn't know because remember yeah. I cut the cable. Oh, you're you're a cord cutter. That's right. Next Jules is Mark Wahlberg, who plays Eddie Adams, eventually becomes Dirk Diggler, movie shooter, lone survivor, uh, four brothers, about a hundred other movies. Yep. Later in the movie, we get introduced to Philip Seymour Hoffman, who plays Scotty J from Along Came Polly, Charlie Wilson's War. Uh, the he was in the second and third of the Hunger Game movies, which is right before he died, sadly. Uh, and then he did The Master which was with Paul Thomas Anderson later. Thomas Jane plays Todd Parker, most notably from The Punisher, the good version of The Punisher. Again, another movie we'll do someday. That's a a Mike and Ed classic there. And then anybody else before I get to Burt Reynolds, Mike? Man, I just was trying to think about that. I mean, this this movie also had, I only know this because I read about it, but I know I had messaged you about it earlier that they actually had some people from the real porn industry. Yeah. In the movie, including little bill's wife played by Nina Hartley. Yeah. Yeah. I had that later um, in the internet facts, but yeah, she's an actual adult film actress that uh, I guess some of the other stuff that I'll, I'll talk about it later when we get to internet facts about how some of them went and like watched some of the porn sites to try and get a feel for what it's like and, and all that kind of stuff. But so Burt Reynolds, play Jack Horner. He was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor and actually won the Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor for this movie. And, Mike, usually on these, I have a confession to make. So we're going to do the top five of Burt Reynolds. I started thinking about it. All the classic Burt Reynolds movies, I've never actually sat down and watched them. It's because you're a loser. Because I'm a loser. I mean, I, it was always kind of novelty and entertaining. Burt Reynolds' mustache and chest hair was more funny than anything. Uh, so all the movies I've seen with him are his, like, worst movies from the mid-'90s on. Dukes of Hazard, Striptease, Without a Paddle, Boogie Nights. I like um, him in Striptease. Oh, I think he's great in Striptease. I think he's so funny <laughs> as the congressman in Striptease, for the record. I think he's so funny. Uh The way he's got the Vaseline all over his body. Yep. (laughs) I think he's great. But just from the, in general, those aren't the classic ones where Gator and, uh, well, I'll let you do your top five and then we can kind of discuss Burt Reynolds' career a little bit. Oh, yeah, sure. I'll go with my top five first. I I have Boogie Nights, obviously, in there. I, I just literally think he just does a fantastic job. For as bad as he didn't want to do this movie, from what I read about, did not know this, and like tried to actually distance himself from the movie after he'd done it, I was like, it, you, do not, you did not see it in the movie. I also read that he admitted that he did a ton of work for this movie, though, too. Like, he still like, tried hard in it. Yeah, so and- just a little add-on. Uh, some interesting things about that. Pa- uh, Paul Thomas Anderson really tried hard to recruit Burt Reynolds for this movie. And as you said, he, he didn't want to do it. And he actually kind of yelled at Paul Thomas Anderson a little bit and was like, ah, I shouldn't be part of this. And PTA actually responded to him and said, if you act this way during the whole movie with this kind of attitude, 
you'll be you'll win an Oscar. Because it's just that was the attitude of Jack Horner, and that's the way he wanted it to go. So he actually kind of pulled the best out of him. And you're right. They actually say, because the Academy Award doesn't usually go to whoever the best actor or actress is. It's usually more of whoever spends the most money and kisses the ass of the people in the Academy. And he did distance himself from this movie drastically and kind of got away from the promotion and got away from pushing himself for the Academy Award. And they, some people say that's why he ended up not winning for Best Supporting Actor. I had, like I said, we were just talking about striptease. That's one of my top ones up He's there. So, I think he is so funny in that movie, though. He is so funny in that movie, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the Longest Yard, which is another fun fact about him when we talk about The Longest Yard, is that he also played college football. At Florida State. Yeah. So I think that's uh, probably another reason why he maybe have got – he was able to get that role because he you know, was able to play that role very easily. Right. Well, he did the original Longest Yard, and then they had him remake The Longest Yard. The remakes. Can we Can we say the remake's bad? Can we just say that? Mainly because Adam Sandler's in it. But... I've seen it probably once the whole way through and then parts of it a few times. It was. A... It, it, there's a handful of scenes I think are okay. And then other than that, it's not really good. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's not good. Adam Sandler is just – that was when he started to get into I can make whatever I want and I'm the greatest at everything mode. And that's when his career started to go you know, down the toilet. Exactly. Uh, see, after Longest Yard, I have Smoking the Bandit. And the truth is, I haven't seen it in so long. But I know he. it's just like, that's like him. It's him. He's it is him. When you think Burt Reynolds, you think Smoking the Bandit. And I also think my last one I have down is Deliverance. And I remember I'd never seen the movie. And I don't know how old I was, but I was a teenager. And my dad, like, jokingly but seriously, was like, you have to watch this movie. And so I sat down. And watched it, and he like started watching with me, and then walked away <laughs> right during like the rape scene. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that was convenient, Dad. You yeah, walked was, away right during yeah. the rape scene, and you're like, this is gonna be real awkward to watch in front of my son.' So I'm gonna walk away." <laughs> so for, for the record, though, it should be known you had a serious campaign to make dueling banjos our class graduation song, and it's a, I still think it should have won. I think it should have won. <laughs> But instead, we had "Here's to the Night" by yeah, Eve. By Eve Six, yeah, yeah. We have to all live with that. And I'll survive, I suppose. I'll survive. So, uh, yeah. Just Burt, Burt Reynolds' career in general. You know, he was such a he was like the guy from what 1960 to 1988. Maybe it was the action movie era kind of took over, and the machismo went away for him. And he kind of fell off, and then he made striptease, and then there's a uh, a funny interview. I, I listen to Adam Carolla's podcast all the time, and he was he said it more than more than once that he had Heather Graham on Loveline, and he's interviewing her, and she's like, "Oh, I, I'm going to do this movie called Boogie Nights. It's about the porn industry, and it's going to have Mark Wahlberg and Burt Reynolds." And he's going, Adam Carolla's going, "What are you doing? That's so dumb. You know, you're this." hot up and coming star and you're going to have this washed up Burt Reynolds and the guy from the funky bunch that shows his underwear all the time and stuff had no idea that all this was going to kind of come together at the same time and just turn into Mm -hmm. this movie. And so he's like, yeah, great call by me. Uh, Anything else about Burt Reynolds career? No, nothing, nothing really that much. I mean, like like you said, he, he did, he had that hard push early on. 
had a lot of good movies and then kind of like you said that kind of like hit the 90s and it kind of stalled do you feel like he might have had a bit of an abrasive personality and that's why his career stalled oh i was about to say i saw him on conan o'brien with the guy from who is it uh the guy from like double dare uh mark summers mark summers yeah Mark Summers apparently is like OCD clean freak. Yes, absolutely. I was, I was gonna say they he literally were, had problems for a while. The clip I saw, like, was holy cow! Like they were getting into it. Like I thought Burt Reynolds and <laughs> were gonna throw cuffs like on on the stage. Like, it was, it was awkward. Mark Summers like the nicest guy ever. <laughs> I I know, and he's like smiling, laughing, and Burt looked like he was gonna just murder him. And I I go, this guy's got anger issues. Yeah, you can just tell. Yeah, he, he's, you should tell he's. I, I just want to say, embrace him. I don't know the man, obviously. I don't really have any specific stories, but there, there's some things that I've heard about him yelling at Paul Thomas Anderson, calling him like a punk kid while they were filming the movie and stuff. Yeah, it's like almost hitting him, you know, and stuff like that. Like he, they, they got into it during the movie. I think there was a quote. I might have it later. Mark Wahlberg in the extra credits said they thought Bert might have been drunk or on drugs during part of the movie just because he was so abrasive and angry. Again, I don't want to quote anyone or accuse anyone, but that's just kind of what I heard. So. Why don't, uh, why don't you kind of give us a little summary of the plot, Mike? Super brief summary here this week because it, it's a really long movie and I didn't want to get too much in it. I didn't even really get into the characters too much that we even talked to for the most part. Yeah, as, you, um, as we said earlier, this movie, I think it's billed at two hours and 35 minutes. So take the credits off the front and back. Two hours and 25 minutes. It's, it's long. It's yeah, long. It's a long movie. So we got... Uh, takes place in San, Bern- San Fernando Valley in 1977 is where it starts. Uh, you got the teenage busboy Eddie Adams, as we said, played by Mark Warburg. He gets discovered by the porn director Jack Horner, Burt Reynolds. Uh, Eddie gives himself the screen name Dirk Diggler and becomes a star because of his good looks, youthful charisma, and his unusually large uh, personality. Uh, member. Member. Good name. <laughs> yeah. Good, good okay. name for it. It's pretty much Dirk wanted to be a star. He fulfills all of it, all of, in, all of his ambitions to become a star. As we see throughout the film, a toxic combination of drugs and his ego knock him back down to reality. Having squandered all of his money on drugs, he resorts to prostitution, ends up getting assaulted and robbed by three men. Dirk Reed, who we discussed, Reed is uh, John C. Riley and the other friend Todd, who's played by Thomas Jane. They attempt to scam and rob a local drug dealer. During this time, Todd is killed, but Dirk and Reed manage to escape. Dirk ends up reconciling with Jack, and they begin making uh, adult films together again. That's pretty much how the whole thing goes. Like you said, there's tons of stuff missing out of there. Yeah, there's a lot in there, but if if we tried to have you just read that, it would take 20 minutes. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, we'll go through the scenes, and then we'll get into kind of our thoughts on on the movie itself thing i never noticed before again i've only seen this movie a handful of times i've seen clips of this movie like bits and pieces plenty of times but i've never actually sat down and watched the whole movie just because it's so long and i always miss the opening scene i never noticed the name of the club is boogie nights mm-hmm. and that's where they yep. got the name from i thought it was just I, I don't know maybe i thought it was maybe one of the movies they made or whatever but yeah boogie nights is the name of the the club they, they start out in so like you said, yeah, they pop, they pop in. That's the first thing you see. And that's when we find out, you know, Mark Wahlberg is just a little bus boy, boy at that club. He looks and, so young. They made him oh, look so young. They do a great job because he's supposed to be like 17 years old, I believe. Is yeah. And let's see, how old would he have been during this movie? You have to look that up. Yeah, I'm looking up right like now. Very, 
I always think it's creepy too how at the very beginning how Jack's just like staring at him like he must have heard this guy's got you know I actually have written down how did Jack Horner know he had a big dong I know because I because he talks in the back and I just I like the line I got a feeling there's something in those jeans that's just waiting to get out yeah it's (laughs) it's very odd okay so Mark Wahlberg was 20 no yeah 26 when this movie got made and they made him look 17. He was born 17, June 17, 10th, 1971. Which also, why did they have to make him 17? That's weird too. Like, why make it, why make it statutory? Granted, him having sex with Roller Girl is not statutory because she was probably about 18 herself. But Well, she was still in high school, remember? Yeah, but she could have been 18 in senior year. Yeah. Either way, like, why have it that he's going to be filming at the age of 17 and Jack Horner's trying to recruit him? Now, granted, there are a lot of things in this movie that don't tie together that great. And I think it's due to the fact that the movie originally was well over three hours long and they had to cut it down to two and a half. But that's a perfect example of it. Why all of a sudden does Jack Horner spot him from across the room, follow him to the back and completely visually undress him? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. he's just like asking him questions. And and I I love how he's just the whole like – Five or ten bucks, too. Yeah, you know? I was going to say, that must be how it is. Is that Now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, although I don't want to think about it, is, oh, it's it's $5 to see it or $10 for me to, you know. Play with so it. That, yeah, play with <laughs> it. And if I followed a busboy to the back room, I may just say something. As, like, And he looks at me and goes, it's five to see it and ten to. <laughs> it's almost like the scene from uh, Beer Fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Touch, he, you know, he, he, to touch he, while he, touching he, my toes. Like, that's you know what a DJ is. You can't afford it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I followed him back there, and all I wanted to tell him is that he dropped his keys, and he turns his looks and goes, five dollars to see it, and ten, to, ten for me to touch it. Like, dude, you just dropped your keys. That's all. Or you missed a plate oh, or something. I think it's just that, like all of a sudden you're a young busboy and a, and a kind of creepy old guy comes back there just to see like, hey, what's up? Well, you know, and he's making an extra five or ten on the spot. I guess back in the 70s, late 70s, that was a decent amount of money, I guess. The opening scene is pretty cool where Luis Guzman's walking through, kind of meeting everybody, saying hi to everybody. That's a really cool uh, tracking shot, too. Again, with like we said earlier, the, the tracking shots this movie. The, the Not to sound like a, an artsy-fartsy, but the, the cinematography of this movie is tremendous. It is really good. How they it, made it, You feel like it's 1977. At no point do you ever not think, oh, this movie takes place in the 70s. Oh, it, you, when it is shot, you think it's shot in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, they do such a good job that, like, when it, when it when, you know, it's came out, what, 1997, I'm immediately thinking, like, this has to at least come out in, like, 87, like, in my head. So I, I read this, that during certain movies filmed in the 70s, use the old vintage footage adult films in the seventies, the raw footage. And then in the eighties, they used they videotape. Video. They yeah. used videotape just like they show in the movie, but certain adult films to give the older look would actually project the videotape onto a wall and then tape it on a videotape to make it look older. And that's kind of, it looks like they may have almost done that with this movie with the way they, I'm, I'm sure they just used, computer graphics although i don't know how sophisticated they were in 1997 but to kind of age the film a little bit the only thing they didn't do is round off the corners like the old 
projections used to have. Remember those, like the 60s and 70s movies? Kind of would mm-hmm. round off the corners. That would have been the only thing that made it look even more. But that would have thrown you off because you kind of would have thought of yourself watching a movie inside your television instead of just watching your television. You want to talk about Little Bill for a minute? Absolutely. about to say, poor Little Bill. Poor Little Bill, man. <laughs> it's um, like we said before, his wife is, is Nina Hartley. And yeah. literally every scene we see Nina Hartley, she's just, you know, banging some other guy. Yeah. Hooking up with another guy. Always. An, an interesting thing about Nina Hartley, the scene where he kills her and the guy she's sleeping with. That's a, that, that, a great tracking scene there, too, where he's walking yeah. around the whole house, like yes. looking for her, finds her in the room, just like looks at her and he just like turns around, walks to his car, gets the gun, loads it, walks back, shoots like three shots. You, you, you don't know. She could have been with multiple people in there. She, and yeah. You assume that he kills her and the person, whoever he's she's with. Walks out and everybody in the crowd, and then you know he just puts the gun in his mouth and shoots himself, kind of yeah. like a little like weird grin on his face, and then kills himself. Like yeah, finally, so he'd been abused so much that he just couldn't take he it. He couldn't take it anymore. So a couple interesting things about that. Number one, there actually was a adult film star who that happened to. He his wife was sleeping around on him and like with two like two or three other people, and he ended up killing himself. I don't think he killed everybody. I think he just killed himself. So that's kind of what that was based off of. That supposedly Nina Hartley was when they went to film that scene. She actually, she and the person that were in that room started to have sex for that scene, and they told him to knock it off. But also, the scene originally was much more graphic with him shooting them, and they showed it, and they decided to take it out because it was too it was too bad. I actually read that about her too. And she said that, like, later said that, like, wasn't true that they didn't. I don't know how true oh, that is. But I, I wouldn't think they would. I think she would have. Well, she, she wanted to. She wanted when she, all those scenes when she was having sex with people, she said that she wanted to actually have sex with them because it was harder for her to act. Like the, than to actually do it. Than to actually do it. And I was just like, wow, you are a piece of work there, Nina. <laughs> yeah. She is quite a piece of work. But um, yeah, yeah, poor really little Bill. Introducing all these characters, though. Yeah, they again the movie. I do have some complaints complaints about the movie because I feel like there's and, and I'll get into this later. I feel like there's way too many storylines weaving across each other, and it just runs on for a while. But um, they do an excellent job of establishing the storyline with the characters in the movie and how they're tied. But I feel like they they get too into certain characters. Mm-hmm. Again, I'll get into that later. Can we talk about Mark Wahlberg's mom? Oh. Complete bitch. <laughs> Complete bitch. Complete bitch. Was, I, just, was, I literally wrote down, wow, his mom's a bitch. Like, that's actually what I, I, I wrote. I, wrote I, I was like, I, I've written down whenever, whenever they were. So they go in, you know, when they're eating breakfast. Yeah. It's like, I don't know if that's his dad or stepdad or whoever. Yeah. But he, but he takes the plate and flips it. And as soon as he flips the plate, I got the same grandma plate sitting at my house right really? now. Really? Nice. I was super pumped. I was like, I had the same grandma plate. Yeah. Then immediately after that, I go, Dirk's mom is a complete bitch. Yeah, she is. She is <laughs> I go, not. Nice. Dad seems chilling. I was like, Dad seems chilling and calm, but the mom is just complains about everything. Like, the, the, remember the, the dad like tries to kiss her, and she's like, "Oh my God, shave!" Yeah, you know, like it's, it's just, he's just trying to be polite and sweet and affectionate, and even like asks like Dirk about his day. And then whenever the mom's like going off on them, you know, yelling at him, like pretty much this is kind of what turns him. You know, ends up turning him to go to really go to the porn industry because he turns him down at the beginning. She starts like going off on him when she's drunk, like when he gets home late. Yeah. The dad just the dad sits there. Just sitting there and you can just see, he's just like, this lady's crazy. Like I kind of feel bad for this kid, you know, 
pretty much, you know, seems like a decent guy and you don't really see his character too much throughout the whole thing. No, no. Just for the record, I know from just from looking at maps, I kind of have a good idea about Los Angeles. I forgot how far away Torrance is from Van Nuys. Van Nuys is where that's San Fernando Valley, where most of the pornography is filmed in Southern California. It's an hour driving. That is a long ass way to be going on a bus to be getting to the San Fernando Valley. Probably an hour and a half bus ride. Oh, minimum. I'd say almost two. And he probably has to switch buses at some point. Because I, I, there's probably not a direct one. That is a far way to go. Why would he could have gone to so many clubs and so many places? They never really. They do say San Fernando Valley, so it could have been anywhere. It could have been North Hollywood or even deep, deep, deep in the valley. I'm, I'm assuming Van Nuys because Van Nuys is the area where a lot of that stuff is filmed. But man, so you can't blame him for leaving. You do have to wonder. It must have been. I think you're right. I, I just assumed it was his dad. You might have been right about it being like a stepdad or a boyfriend or something. Because they show this, this half a second. He's just sitting there listening. If it were his actual father, you have to think he would have stepped in, right? And said, why are you being insane with him? Yeah. And throwing him out. If he's 17 years old, I guess he dropped out of school. Because she I said, did, why don't you I finish did. your school? Doesn't she say that yeah. at some point? Well, th- well, that actually read it. Said that he he was a school dro- a high school dropout. High school actually dropout. Read okay. Yeah. And he just works at a club and does goofy Work stuff in the back room. If you a car wash, I believe. She oh, that's says right. Yeah. yeah, she does. She does say the car wash. You know, very very next scene. Who do we meet? We get to meet Don Cheadle. Buck, Don Cheadle Buck's in his stereo store. I dude, I love this scene when he talks about hi fi. I was hi-fi. just like, and I was like laughing. He's just like. It means like he's trying to explain to the guy what it means. It means high yeah. fidelity. This is the highest quality fidelity. That's yeah. very important. And I'm just like, you have no idea what that means. No goes, idea what it's You got to get that T that TK four two one. Yeah, that 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 adds three or four more quads per channel. And I'm just like, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so the TK four two one. I didn't read this out at the time, but I read the stat twice or the the fact twice. TK four two one is the name the number. Of the on the tag of the stormtrooper that gets beat up by L- Luke and Han in the first Star Wars, that's where they got that from. That's like how he named that off. <laughs> that's fantastic. Random internet fact. I read it twice again. <laughs> it must be fake because it's on the internet, or must be real because it's on the internet. But that that's it, the TK four two one. So if he said, because I think I think that's what Han says too. Like when they go down to get Leia. I think he says the TK421 also. That's why uh, he says, like, this is Trooper TK421 or something like that. But You are right. I just Googled it out of curiosity. <laughs> the TK421? And I'm looking at the image, and it's the guys on the thing. He's like, TK421, why are you not responding? Yeah, there we go. See? He, That's right. he taps his helmet like, I can't hear you. And I'm, yeah. I was like, I totally know this for some reason. Yes, yes. So, yeah, now it rings, it rings in your yeah. head. So, anyways, next scene is... The first meeting of Dirk and Reed. It is. No, no, we, we, they said Dirk and Roller Girl. They go to the club again. Remember oh, Dirk I'm and sorry. Dirk and Roller Girl. They go That's back right. to the club, actually. Yeah. And this is where, like, you see Jack talk to Roller Girl. I love how you, she doesn't have a real name. Her name's Roller Girl. They um, say it at some point. Um, when she's in the back of that limo with that guy. Uh, he says her yeah, name. Yeah, he does say her name. Maybe Robin or something like that. He could say, "Aren't you whatever you were in our high school?" He's he's the same guy. Yeah, that was making, making the, 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 the you like, know what face to her in the in the room and yeah. makes her roll. She literally gets up and rolls out. Can um, you imagine how disgusting those shoes smelled? 
And she she never. She says she never takes them off. Yeah, I can't wear shoes for two hours. I wear she, shoes for the entire day at work, and when I take them off, it feels amazing because my feet are just like dead. The dogs yeah. are so. Dead. I don't know how. And no and roller skates don't really have much padding, especially in the 1970s. They were probably just essentially crap leather. Oh, it's probably so gross. I don't breathe, breathe a lot either. Yeah, no, not at all. They're probably suffocating. I get that's her gig, but. I believe he sends her back there. Yeah, he goes and sends her back there, and she just kind of is like, hey, come here. I'm going to, you know what, to you. And I'm gonna, he's like, all right, well, you know, I don't care. I'm going <laughs> to perform fellatio on you. Yeah. And I think he's doing that because he wants to. He wants the confirmation. He wants, yeah, he wants confirmation of of uh, that he's well endowed of of breadth and width. Can we call it that? Of it, they want to know what uh, Eddie's special gift is. Yeah, and apparently it's his giant personality. Yes, yes. And uh, then they go back to the house, and he just sits there and watches them. Uh, it's that 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 is just. I I tell you what, like I said, this is a very vulgar movie, but I found myself. Some laughing. people probably it's it's not it's not a movie for a lot of people. Like I, vulgarity does not bother me much. So whenever this was ha- like this kind of stuff was happening, and just like watching like the lines that were going back and forth, I forgot how like ridiculous the movie was. I hadn't seen it in a while. Yeah, and, there are some very very funny lines, including the one you're about to say. <laughs> you know the one I'm about to say. I know it's very edgy, but it's like they're about to have sex. She's like, you know, we're gonna have sex, and she walks over, puts on some music, comes back, and the Jack like smoking a cigar just looks at me. He's like. Aim it at her tits. Yeah. <laughs> but the I thing is, what makes it so funny is he says it with such it's sincerity. So, you know? so such sincerity. It's not funny to him. It's it's just like literally like, that's what he wants him to do. I, I tell you what though, like because this is he gets back late and this is whenever his mom like goes that's off when his on mom him. goes nuffed on him. Yeah. And 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 you know what? I was kind of laughing at this part too because I was like, he's whining so much, but. That's how a teenager would act. You know, they'd get all upset and like try to leave. And the mom who's an ass is like, none of this shit's yours. Get out of here. Yeah, that's and... the mom throwing him out thing. I mean, it's not like he's hooked on drugs. Like you would think the mom would try and steer him in the right direction, maybe. But whatever. I tell you what, the, next scene, <laughs> the next scene is one of the best scenes, the whole pool party scene. That's what I, I was I was saying earlier. Uh, like the, the meeting between Eddie because he's still Eddie, and Reed. I oh, laughed like so hard. And I thought about this as I was watching it. How hard Reed is competing with him is just great. It, they, that's essentially just a prelude to the entire movie of Step Brothers. That's what that became. That's like yeah. the first hour and a half, first like hour of Step Brothers is that scene just extrapolated out over 40 minutes or whatever. You ever watch Star Wars? Yeah. Of course. People say I look like Han Solo. <laughs> and you know what? I don't see it. How much can you bench press? You, you that, tell that, me. Like, how much can you squat? How much can you bench? Yeah. Oh, like, what is he? He's like, do you ever go to that gym? He's like, yeah. ah, now we seeing it because I'm there every day. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, again, it's it, like, I, as I'm watching, like, this is Step Brothers. That's what this is. I love when he's making the margarita too and he's just like, takes a swig out and he's just like, two, three, yeah, whatever. You yeah. know, just like, <laughs> Acting so like like he's it's it's all about they're all trying to be cool and trying to impress each other. Yeah, that's how yeah. Back, they're like doing the um. Was he's like do a cannonball? He's like no, I'm gonna do a. I mean that no, I'm gonna do Watch a jackknife. Yeah, I'm doing jackknife. Yeah. 
and then he tries to do the flip, and you can tell he completely messes it up. I love him. He's just like he's like he's like. What'd you think? He's like it's pretty good. Let me show you what you did wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's it's exactly that's the exact character that he plays in Step Brothers. Ten years later, twelve years later, he just plays like a forty-year-old version of it. A version of it, not virgin. Virgin. <laughs> there is so much cocaine. Oh my god! From like this point on, pretty much too. Even that, more the one, the, the the one scene where like, kind of when they're going downhill, downhill part. Yeah. There's so much like scenes where just going back and forth and them. It's like Julian Moore snorting coke, Roller Girl snorting coke, Thomas Jane Reed. Like yeah. everybody's just snorting coke. I'm just like, oh my god, there's so yeah. much coke going yes. on right. So in um, in the Wolf of I don't know what they did for this one, but in the Wolf of Wall Street, they used crushed up vitamin B12 to do it, and I think. Jonah Hill ended up getting like a sinus infection from in, from inhaling so much B12 because they had to do it, you know, multiple takes all day long. His I'm, metabolism I'm, is fantastic. Though. Oh, yeah. He, that, that's probably how he ended up losing all that weight. He's just sweating it all off. energy, you know, all that B12. But take B12 daily. I have to I'm, – I'm wondering what they used for this, whether it was baking soda or f- – I, I hope not flour because that would really just kind of sit in there. But like, B12 would probably be the only thing or like just – essentially a a pill of nothing like a placebo pill that they crushed up but there is uh well i'll talk about it later when we get to there when the drugs really kick in but this movie goes from being really kind of fun and entertaining to really really depressing oh speaking of the cocaine that od scene with the girl that's, this is that was this so, is twice in two days the chick is OD'd on me. Yeah, so like that line was kind of funny, but in general, it's kind of tough to watch. The girl, yeah, just, I mean, the, the girl, the girl starts like convulsing a little yeah, bit, and, and they're like, "Just get her out of here, dump like dump, he's like, he's like, he, take her to the hospital." He's like, know, yeah, "Dump her at whatever, out. don't say anything, drive away, don't leave." It's like, man, what a brutal like. I I know it's a movie, but you just kind of feel awful. I know it's brutal, but it's probably how it was then, too. Yeah, like, you it's know, the 70s. It's not, late 70s, early 80s. It was cocaine everywhere. Everywhere. There was – it's before it was like when drugs were fun, I guess, and when sex – like pre-AIDS. Pre-AIDS. Adam Carolla says this all the time. He says the greatest time in America was pre-AIDS, mid-coke. And that's what that was, 77 to 83. 83 is when AIDS – you and I were born in 83, and that's when AIDS started to happen. So yeah, somehow you and I brought on AIDS. But that was uh, – <laughs> um, that was – you're right. It was free love, drugs everywhere. You could go to a party, and it was like just a known thing. You showed up, and there would be Coke, and there would be mushrooms, and everyone was just free love. And it was – birth control was still – that was what caused a lot of the, the sexual revolution was birth control. And when birth control came along in the 60s, then cocaine became prevalent in the mid '60s. Also, this this also scene was another little Bill scene with his wife, and yes. another guy out in the other driveway, guy, like just watching. Yeah, she's like, she's like, tells him like to leave, like you're embarrassing me. Yeah, and I love when the guy's trying to talk to him about the the next scene, the lighting for the next scene, the next lighting, the next scene. He's just he's like everything. He's just like ah, he's like you know. My fucking my fucking wife has an ass in her cock. It's actually how he words it too. He gets it wrong. He gets it backwards. Well, they said that he kept messing it up, and then so they they're like actually kind of liked it better, so they just like went with it. <laughs> I thought I heard it that way. I'm like, did he get that backwards? I didn't re- I didn't rewind it, but yeah, that's that's what he said. 
But this scene does bring us Scotty J. Oh, Scotty J. Oh, and it also gives us when you meet the colonel, like the first yeah, the time. Colonel. Yeah. Well, that's the OD scene, yeah. No, no, no. When he's talking to Eddie. Jackson, you got a great big cock. Uh, well, I don't know. I guess so. May I see it? Really? Please. <laughs> well, thank you, Eddie. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's like it's very just nonchalant to them. Like, yeah, I guess when you're around them all the time and you see them all the time, then it oh, doesn't really Scott, matter. Scotty J, the, uh, the, what song are they playing when he comes out? Oh, God, I can't remember now. It is, it's like, uh, oh, so while you're saying that, because I can, I can look it up. I, I had it, um, I found a listing of all the songs from this. Um, but the music from this movie is, I don't think they could have done a better job than they did with this movie when it came to music. There's a website called www.what-song.com. And you can pull up a movie and it gives you the whole soundtrack and it gives you a little bit of information about what was going on at the time. So let me see if I can find. <laughs> okay. It's called, oh, where are you, um, you sexy thing by hot chocolate. That's his, you sexy yeah. thing. Cause he's wearing that. He's wearing those like little sh- tight shorts and yeah, like, which he wears for the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. But they, they do a, uh, such a good job with the music. This is the opposite of what I talked about in A Knight's Tale, which all this movie, all the music in this movie is from 1977 to 1983. Unfortunately, all the music in A Knight's Tale was also from 1977 to 1983. <laughs> <laughs> so very weird. Very weird. There you go. They both happen to have the soundtrack from about the same time. One movie took place in 1977. The other took place in 1377. The song I like most is Machine Gun by the Commodores. It's after... when he's reading the reviews about Dirk's performance. Yeah, he's reading the reviews and... And the, and the dance club moves. The dance club moves. <laughs> That song is like perfect 1970s. It is when you think of the 70s, that song is what comes to your head. Agreed. Agreed. So we got next. Oh, we pretty much start right up. He gets his name Dirk Diggler. Yeah, he gets his name Dirk, which is an awesome scene. Like the the just sitting in the hot tub, it's just him and Reed, and Jack comes out and they're just kind of chilling. He's like, I got this vision. I just see it in bright lights. Dirk Diggler. And uh, I have an interesting fact. Paul Thomas Anderson said, "Thought I had it in here somewhere." Oh, here it is. Paul Thomas Anderson told National Public Radio he's not sure how he came up with the name Dirk Diggler, but for some reason he wrote the name down on an index card when he was 17 years old. "Quote: I mean, I just think a good porn name has to have two G's in it. It just, it just looks good and it sounds good for a good porn name. And you know, a K is pretty important too. So you know, I wish I really knew." But it just kind of hit me like it hit him. I guess like Dirk Diggler. Wow. So that and it does. It looks. It's a perfect adult film star name. I kind of like how his porn guy 
um, evolves from like the just the weird guy at the very beginning. Then he's got like the mullet, and then he moves on. And he's like looks like he's Miami Vice at the very end. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he he's an adult film star that matures. Pretty kind. Of, well, yeah, you got to think little, so. So things go well for the first three years, and we're going to get into Brock Landers because it's fantastic. The, one of the greatest ideas in adult film history that never really came true. But um, <laughs> I think my favorite thing is probably the very when he does the first one with uh, what's her name uh, Waves Amber Waves name? Amber Waves, aka Julian Moore, when he's like shooting the scene with her, the sex scene with her. Yeah, and. The whole time I kept thinking, like the whole scene where she's just like, you know, let me, let me see, you know, like the, they're having the discussion about like where he's supposed to, you know, ejaculate. Yeah. Like and you know, like, just, just do it on my stomach or on my boobs, you know, yeah. whatever. You know? And the whole time I kept thinking of the big Lebowski, cause she also gets naked in the big Lebowski. Yeah, she's a big fan of getting naked and having sex in movies. And, and it's I gotta go, be at least four or five. I immediately thought of her, like when she was do- they were doing the scene, just how ridiculous it was. Maude Lebowski, when she's showing the dude the video of Bunny Lebowski in the porno, where she's like, "This script is ridiculous." <laughs> and I was like, immediately when I thought in my head, I go, "This is what she would have said in a different movie." <laughs> she would have said her own script is ridiculous. Yeah, but sorry, in the Big Lebowski, the funniest line in the whole movie is she goes. He shows up to fix the plumbing. You can guess what happens next. And he turns and goes, she fixes the plumbing. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's, he's, he's like, it's the cable guy. Oh, the and he cable. goes, she fixes the cable. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so funny. It's it's so like perfect. He's like very white Russian. It's like yes. so common. He fixes the cable. Because yeah. <laughs> it's obviously that's not the answer. It was It was so perfect. But all right. Anyways, back to this movie. Speaking of that, when they make fun of bad port acting, that's exactly what they mean. You know, like it's a, a kind of like a running joke. They can't act. They are so bad. They act so bad as the actors acting like, in the porn. They're, you know, they're doing it on purpose. I love after he's done, though, like <laughs> Reed walks up to him and he's just like, man, you fuck like a champ. Yeah. <laughs> Reed's, Reed's awesome in this movie. He's so great. We have a couple things come up here. Well, they have like a montage of him. The like, montage, you know, that's where that song plays. Like, they're going shopping. These are great. Yeah, those are really cool. Are they lizards? No, they're Italian. Are those lizards? No, they're Italian. Yeah. Like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> like when they're just like laughing. He spends and like 12 like... minutes talking about his shirt, his, <laughs> his, his <laughs> shoes. No, he goes, yeah, it's like imported Italian nylon. I go, is that a thing? I, go, I don't think that's a thing. Yeah, it's, he just goes on and on. There's only like, he's, I think one thing he says, like, there's only 10 of these made or something. Randomly, I didn't even know this until I started looking at the cast. And then they show him Michael J- Jace, who plays a character named Jerome, is the safety. Becky, Becky, Becky Barnett, yeah. In the replacements, who ends up marrying Becky Barnett. Yep. I read it written down. Same story about him. He killed his wife. Literally, I go, Becky marries a murderer. I was like, is Becky still alive? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Michael Jace killed his wife in real life and went to prison for like 25 years. years. He's in prison for 40 years for killing his wife. And we just did a movie with him. And yep. it's like the only two movies he's ever been in. That's so random that, that, exactly. that we did this. I know that's what I thought. As soon as I looked at him, I go, 
are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> just so, like, this guy's in this movie too. Yeah. But, all right, so we have to get to probably the best long sequence of the movie. Not my favorite scene, but the best long sequence is oh, they're I, in the I, van. I really no, I also enjoy when they, like, are doing it and, and they're making the porno and he's, like, telling her, to, like, well, if we just flip her leg like yeah. this. And he's like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. And he goes, hey, Jack, you want me to use a Spanish accent? <laughs> yes. I have that written down as one of my favorite quotes. It's one like, of those, then, like, little lines they pan- slip in. And what's the what's the what's the film called? It's like something pantalones or something oh, like I that. Didn't, I didn't even catch that part, but I just I just noticed it's something pantalones, and I just started like laughing. I was like, like he's just like so like happy. He's like a little kid. Like, would you like me? Do you want me to use a Spanish accent? Yeah, I just he, he again the sincerity in their voice is what makes it so funny. Like they're not even they mean it seriously, but they just kind of drop the line and then cut away, and that's what makes it ten times funnier. The the scene there in the back of the van. Oh and yeah, they spit, they, they, they spit to Jack their idea for essentially the James Bond of adult films, and they had the names already. Again, this this looks like a scene you could have taken the scene out and put it into Step Brothers, and I would have it would have looked exactly the same. But you just put Will Ferrell in there instead. The names Brock Landers and Chest Rockwell as the characters in the movie, played by Dirk Diggler and. Uh, Reed Rothschild like you can't those are four fantastic names way ahead of their time name I like how he's just like do you got any names and they're like yeah we do <laughs> oh, yeah, we, yeah we do like you can tell it's something they've been planning for weeks and weeks and weeks and they finally got you know, got the idea to give the jack and got the the cojones to say it to him yeah and then the the action sequence like when they're doing they show the movie and it's Essentially, they're doing like karate, and then they that that was a thing that was real big in the seventies. Was the like the name title over the top of the action scene? That was a big like introductiony title thing from the set from the seventies. I'm just laughing at like the the, the like the films, just like where like they show him. He's got like the ball, and he's like doing the little like the kicks and stuff are just yeah. so ridiculous. Oh, they're so hilarious. ridiculous, but they're so funny. They're so funny. So. So New Year's Eve comes along, and this is where we have that – we talked about that big, long um, track scene following William S. Meche around, seeing yeah. his wife, shooting it, his wife, the lover, himself, everything like that. We get the I best said, the best it, Scotty J scene in the movie. Well, what I was going to say is before that, this is the downfall, I said, of Dirk. This is the downfall really, of Dirk. He discovers really cocaine. More. Makes him get makes him do cocaine pretty yeah. much, and, and she's supposed to be the mother. She's supposed to be the one that's pretty, looking over everybody, but she's addicted to pretty, cocaine. Pretty sure she, she starts making out of them. Pretty sure she bangs them too, right? Oh, there. a thousand percent, <laughs> yes, a thousand percent. Um, and it's, this is where we find out the whole like videotape is the future, maybe, maybe not. There's a there's a really funny line in here too that he says, and I got to look up what other movies he's in because he's been in a ton of stuff. The guy that wants to sell because I like simple things. I like butter in my ass and a lollipop in my mouth. Where does that come from? Where does that even come from? That's so absurd. Scotty, but you're right. Scotty J, when he's like, you want to check out my car? And like yeah. goes out there and he starts just like shoves his mouth on Dirk. And he's yeah. like, like, what are you doing? And he, I'm just really drunk, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. He pretends he's like, to be drunk. He's like, I'm such a fucking idiot. <laughs> but then he still like keeps asking him, like, you want to make out? Like, you want to kiss me on the lips? And yeah. he's like, no. Man, yeah. no it's, it's, it's cool. It's cool. But yeah, so long and short, this movie shows what you see in a lot of movies, which is the meteoric rise and then 
the meteor collapse of someone, especially when drugs get involved. You know, he goes from top of the world to complete drug addict. 1980, yeah. everything starts to fall apart. Well, that is, it's like he starts, it's all becoming about him. His character is turning into a violent guy. Yeah. Uh, he starts becoming cocky. They bring on the new guy because bring the new guy because he's starting to fall apart a little bit. They can tell that he's starting to fall apart a little bit. So they bring the new guy, John Doe, as his name is. He's such a dumb, like they did a good job casting a dumb character. Like, or he's, they show, they cut later. He's got a movie and he's getting, he's has a girl at gunpoint making him give like flating. We'll say. Yeah. And that's like never something that would have done with Brock Landers slash dark Diggler six movies earlier or whatever. It just became worse and worse and worse over time. But some of the things I'm going to kind of blow over them a little, little bit here that are this long stretch. That's about 40 minutes of the movie. The colonel gets arrested, the guy, the money guy for child pornography. Child pornography. Becky marries the murderer and moves away. Dirk, Dirk can't handle his cocaine and can't get a heart on anymore. Right. That's a, that's a, again, that's a really weird scene with him, like in the car and the guy's beating him up at the same time. You've got Heather Graham or Roller Girl on the back of the, they're, they, you know, they're desperate to make anything different. So they pick up a random guy on the street, turns out it's someone she went to high school with, and then, yeah. Tries to do like an early version of what, what was that? What was that one thing called? Like bang bus or something like that, where they just pick people up off the side of the road and like. That's all staged, though. This, well, yeah, this, that's, yeah. This, yes. this was not staged. There's just to pick up somebody random and just. So this, this is like it was like the great the world's greatest version of cash cab. <laughs> <laughs> and you get a free ride. And you get a free ride. No pun intended. <laughs> like you got to finish before we get to this intersection, <laughs> to your stop, or you're kicked out of the vehicle. But then, he, they, they, you know, Jack Horner freaks out and beats him up. And then Roller Girl flips out and beats him up at the same time. Uh, he's getting beat up. You've got the the robbery scene with Buck. With Buck. That, I, I like that. If you look, even look at that, they do that tracking scene when he's picking out his donuts. They're following him the whole way down the donut counter, just like picking out the donuts. He's yeah, yeah. Again, another cool tracking scene. Um, Makes it, I, love, I love how that scene's set up, though. So he's standing there. He's getting ready to pay. The guy comes in to rob him. And so the guy's getting the money out. He's like, now the money in the safe. He gets the money out of the safe. And then you see that one guy like pulling his gun. He's like, no, yeah. no, no, don't. And he's like, don't do that. Shoots the guy. The robber shoots the guy who just shot him. And then, and then the, the other guy shoots the guy, the guy working at the donut yep. shop. So everybody's dead. And then there's just that money laying there. And he's like, well, I can finally get that money I wanted. It's just the bank didn't want to give me money because I'm a porn star. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that's before surveillance videos. Couldn't yep. happen. So. Today. Totally, probably got away with that. He got his uh, his stereo store. Yeah. One one thing that the one thing out of all of it that I did like is uh, we get to see Reed and Dirk in their music career. Because <laughs> it's it's so bad. It is so bad, and I don't know. I I assume Mark Wahlberg can sing because of his early singing career. That doesn't mean it wasn't all fabricated. He's so bad, and you can tell the guy that's. That, that's working the soundboard hates it okay Derek, you ready yeah i was born ready nick let's go man Derek diggler demo Keep the vocals up you got the touch take seven you got the touch you got the power 
but it is really funny because for like a half second you see Reed in the background doing like big step jumps like dancing behind him while he's singing acting like he's loving it acting like he's lo- <laughs> he is loving it he's so into it yeah and then we get uh the biggest the biggest probably thing is you notice Scotty J is hanging out with him the whole time still he's still hanging yeah, with yeah. him well I was right I, I just love how they all followed Dirk yeah they all followed Dirk yeah. Reed went with him yeah, Scotty but Scotty was still working I think I think he was still working for Jack, but he was hanging around Dirk. I can't, and I don't know if Reed was working. I guess they all three of them just kind of went on, and but you never see Scotty doing drugs, so who knows what they actually did. But then we have the the real big like where they try to scam. Well, one more thing happens first. Amber loses official custody of her child, and absolutely should have. Yeah, she really yeah. doesn't have. Her. She's like they, they, I remember they asked her like, "When was the last time you got arrested?" Which fun fact, the judge. In that was, hearing, yeah, go ahead. Former Veronica, something I can't remember her name as I read it. Um, but she was a former poor star who also had the exact same thing where she was having custody battle over her child, yes, so and I think lost sad. custody of her child. I think I she think did, I she, so it was a very I read that, yeah, too. It was a very, and I was like, oh, I was like, yeah. so it's kind of like slight biography for her almost in that scene, yeah. So, the the we, I guess we could call this the climactic scene of the movie here that you're getting to. Oh. What's the guy's name? The actor who, who oh, played. Oh, yeah, I had it up too because he's been in a bunch of stuff. It's Doctor Octopus. It is Doctor <laughs> Octopus, and I don't know if you uh, if you have seen Angie Tribeca or not. If not, you really need to watch it because it's really funny. But uh, he's in that too. Al- Alfred Molina, that's his name. That's right, Alfred Molina. Yes, yes, yes. I think he was in. One of the Indiana Jones movies, too. He was. He was at the beginning where the ball's rolling away. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. The Raiders of the Last Ark. Yeah. Yeah, that's him in the beginning. The one that tries to uh, run away on him and ends up getting killed. Exactly. So, uh, anyways, the climactic scene, you've got Thomas Jane. Yeah, Thomas Jane. Yeah, we his. I keep forgetting his name in the movie, but... uh, Todd. Todd, yeah. Todd, you got Reed, you got Dirk, and then Scotty Jay's standing there in the background still, but he doesn't go along with them. But they try to they try to give him like a half key or a kilo of baking soda and sell it to him as cocaine. Yeah, I, like, how man. stupid do you have to be? Really? Yeah, that much too. Like you're trying to sell that much, and you're like it's like literally just straight baking soda. He's like, yeah, like, we'll get five. It was a five thousand or fifty thousand, whatever it would be dollars for it. And they're like, oh no, they won't check it. And I remember they go, they go in there, and that is just such a well shot scene. It is. It's so crazy though. Like that little Chinese kid who's just <laughs> lighting off fireworks, fireworks and the music that's playing in the background. And remember, it starts out with a song. Uh, Sister Christian comes yeah. on in that scene, and he's got Jesse's girl <laughs> yeah. comes on in the scene, and that's kind of whenever like. Uh, Todd Thomas Jane just decides like they, they give him the, he gives him the five grand they go take the they could have walked out right but Todd had a plan a very Todd dumb plan a, but a plan yeah like it was just like oh we've already got five thousand dollars off you give me the rest of your money too and I don't know what he thought he was gonna do this guy's got more money than him like he's gonna find you and kill you like you're done yeah like and, what, what did you think was gonna happen. A that you were going to be able to pull it off, and B that he's just going to leave you alone. Like, <laughs> yeah, the, the other the other two are smart and just 
they're like, we don't even know what he's talking about. We yeah. just want to get fucked there. Yeah, well, you know, then they something. almost get themselves killed too. But but that's a, I remember, uh, he gets shot. Then he shoots the bouncer guy. Then he goes after the other guy who shoots him with a shotgun. Right, because he shot. He kicked the door in. And yeah, he was waiting for him with a shotgun. Shoots him with a shotgun, and then he goes after Dirk and Reed. Reed ends up can't get in the car, runs away, and Dirk has to like push the car down the street and eventually start it. And they drive away. That's pretty much like the climactic point where he decides Dirk's just like I I can't do this anymore. Yeah, and he I got to go back and get my life back. Like, but to... it's really th- this kind of threw me off here just a little bit. And again, this is probably one of those things that if the extra half an hour were in this movie, it probably would have tied some of this together. But it cuts to Buck's got his stereo store store, and amber and scotty j are filming it bucks super stereo yeah they're the ones filming it like a commercial for it yeah you've got redoing magic naked magic naked magic which he talks about him being a magician earlier in the movie which is really funny that interview he does (laughs) earlier the, the colonel who's it the colonel gets colonel's like yeah colonel's in jail and he's about to probably be raped and then um Dark's back making movies again. Yeah. And it's like everyone's life's back together oh, except for Buck, Buck and Bill, that chick had a baby too. Buck and the chick yeah, had a Buck baby. Chick had a baby. Scotty, Scotty's in there filming it. <laughs> and you know what? I didn't remember what happened in the donut scene. And I'm like, please tell me that wife doesn't get killed with that baby. Please tell me that just happened. <laughs> Luckily, obviously she didn't, but it's it gets a little depressing. And it is. I love, well, I, I love when they do the tracking scene. They do the tracking scene. They're following Jack through the house. And as he's walking through the house, they go through like the one. Yeah, hallway. they kind of show everybody to show what they're what they're doing now. You know, and, that, and then uh, in the hallway, though, he has a painting of Willie Mace Machi. Yeah, yeah. Like, they kind of show him. This is, you know, he's like a little tribute. Yeah. Yeah, they all kind of get their life together. And uh-huh. that's it. And then you get the giant prosthetic dong. That Mark ha- that uh, Marky Mark has that supposedly he kept and now is starting to deteriorate because it's made out of like foam or something. I'm a star. I'm a star. I'm a bright shining star. Yeah, looking all Don John Miami Vice. Very Don John Miami Miami Vice. I just remember that- the one line. I just remember the one line in his whole little like speech that he has at the end. There is. 13 inches is a tough load. <laughs> I didn't remember hearing that one. I was just like, holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, by that point, it was like 83, 84, 85. And that was pure Miami Vice stuff. That was like yeah. right in that white suits and the whole the whole thing. The the, the amount his look. I, I know that they tried to base his look off of that one porn star. John Holmes, yeah. A lot John of this, Holmes, yeah. yeah. A lot of, and that's in the facts too, that – there was a documentary made about John Holmes, and that was one thing that John Holmes would do is he'd go in the bathroom and lock the door and recite his lines before he would do, do, do scenes because he wanted to make sure he got them right. But And that was like, – like some of this stuff, not all, not all of it obviously, but some of the pieces were based off of John Holmes' life and John Holmes' story. Before we get into the recap, any other scenes you want to talk about specifically? We kind of went through the whole movie there. Yeah, I can't really think of. I mean, it's more scene by scene still. But yeah. So the first kind of hour the of the movie, hour and a half of the movie is really good. The second hour or so is really depressing. It's. I said it's not that it's not good. It's just that it's not happy. It's not know? happy. It's a little. It can be a little tough to watch at times. And 
we yeah. both know people that have dealt with substance abuse in the past and it it just it's a little tough to see sometimes so a couple thoughts on the movie number one i really like burt reynolds ascots yeah looks good on him i was i was just saying like overall like the movie is very beautifully filmed. Yes. You know, it's it's extremely beautiful film. We talked a lot about the tracking scenes and stuff. How they, yeah, how they follow people all around. Like that, you're talking about that one, the pool scene where like she, he goes underneath the water, right? With the girl. And like, it's, it's just, you know, it's like pretty much just showing off what it was like living at that time. Yeah. Just essentially like in the, the film essentially is six years in the life of adult film stars and the rise and fall that can be involved if you don't take care of yourself. That and also like Buck's trying to get a loan and they're like, we don't want to endorse pornography. Yeah. And how it was viewed at the time. Yeah. And how it just, how it was, I'm sure it's probably viewed similarly today, you know, like in some places they're like, no, we're not going to do that. Well, the other thing is though, adult film stars, well, it depends on who some of them have made a significant amount of money and they're going to take their money no matter what. But yeah. That's a different thing. However, I'm going to say this about the movie. It's a, and I said this kind of at the beginning too. I think it's a few too many storylines. Like, I feel like they could have cut Buck out completely and you would not have even noticed it. This is like, this is like uh, Don Cheadle's like coming out role pretty much. Yeah. I I like, and look, I like Don Cheadle a lot as an actor. He unfortunately got stuck trying to pull off that stupid English accent in Ocean's 11, 12, and 13. But in general, I like Don Cheadle a lot they could have cut some of that stuff out of the movie. And I feel like you wouldn't have, if that streamline's not in it, you don't know the difference. Like you, there's, if, there, there, there's, there's some of the scenes where it's just like, where he's like lonely by himself and like frustrated. It, there are a few, there's still a few scenes. I think they could have cut out. Yeah. Sure. And again, it was probably, it should have been, he wanted it three hours. It probably should have been closer to two. They settled on two and a half. I think they dragged they, – they really ground in the drugs are bad for you stuff. You know, the Mr. Mackey drugs are bad. Okay. I, I get it. They wanted to really show what Rock Bottom looks like. Uh, I already said the soundtrack helps make the movie. But oh, I yeah, think the other thing that makes the movie so good is it is cast so incredibly well. It's like how could they have thought like the power like, – if you look at that now, like the power cast – that they had in there, you know. Yeah, they caught like, everybody that, at the right that, time. They caught Burt Reynolds in a low. They caught Marky Mark before he exploded and became one of the most popular people in the world. Don Cheadle before he got big. Julianne Moore was kind of in a run. I think they probably filmed this while Lebowski was still going on, so she wasn't. She'd been in some stuff already. Heather Graham already had done like License to Drive and things, so she well, was Lebowski came on out later. The... Oh, it came out after this. Okay, I couldn't remember what year Lebowski was. Um, but like Heather Graham was kind of, she was starting to take off with her career. John C. Riley wasn't really very big yet. He wasn't a really well-known actor. So they caught a lot of people at the right times as they read through this. And at the end, I'm going to get into, they had a bunch of people that they reached out to and offered to, and it, it would have been a very different movie to say the least. I believe the big Lebowski came out just like, but this was 97. And 97. I think came out the very next year. Let's see. I I had Julianne Moore up earlier. Let me see what year Lebowski was. Something else I was saying too that when you look really look at the film, a lot of it is really it's a really big part about family too. You think about Dirk; he's coming from a broken family, and they're kind of taking him in 
as a family. Yeah. Roller girl has a family. They're taking her in as a family. Buck is trying to make a family. Yes. Amber Wave is kind of like the mother figure trying to take everybody in and, you know, like kind of take care of her since she's having family problems on her own where she can't take her yeah. own child. And then you have Becky Barnett who married the murderer. Yes, <laughs> married the murderer and, and moved. That's all I really had in terms of like general thoughts on the movie. Characters, I think they're super well written. You know, I did like that there are little like little bits of side stories, so you get to know some of the other characters that are in the movie. Like at the very end, whenever like instead of it, the the Boogie Knights changed to Rodriguez brothers or something yes, like that. Yeah, and they spelled it wrong. <laughs> they spelled it uh, supposedly they they didn't mean to spell it wrong, and they thought it was funny, so they left it in. Like it was written wrong in the script or something, and they decided to leave it in as just a little like funny anecdote. He says it at the end. All right, Mike. This is kind of tough because there's a lot of them, but what's your best scene? Um, I really wrote down two, and I just really liked that pool scene. Sure. Like that whole pool scene. I just think that whole pool scene is like really, really, really well thought out. And then I wrote down the uh, the scene at the end, towards the end, where they tr- actually it's actually one of the downfall scenes where they're trying to rob the drug dealer. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 ended I ended up with three. I'm going to go in reverse order. Number three is Dirk Diggler in the recording studio singing You've Got the Touch. Because I just like it's he's so bad it's funny. And then watching Reed dance in the background, I actually like had to almost had to pause the movie. I was laughing so hard. Two is when Eddie's given the name in the hot tub and naming himself Dirk Diggler. I just think that's kind of a cool scene. And then number one for me is the pool scene, but mainly the conversations between Reed and Eddie back and forth. Because it's just so funny, like they're trying to one up each other the whole time. Oh yeah, it's it's hilarious. Uh, what's your worst scene? <clears throat> I think it's because I really, really bothered me. Was that limo scene? Yeah, it's yeah, tough to watch. End, it's tough to watch. End, like, when she like calls, I, I don't. Know, and I think it's probably not the worst, you know, scene. If I were to watch the movie again, I would skip past that part. Yeah, <laughs> skip past this part. I ne- never showed it again. <laughs> For me, it's just Buck's storyline in general. Like I said, you kind of could because to me the movie just ran on too long and every time they showed him i'm like if they didn't have him in here i wouldn't have cared i didn't like the character enough i cared enough that i didn't want anything to happen to him in the shootout scene and i didn't want anything to happen to his wife obviously but i didn't really care like and all that stuff it's just i don't know i don't know why i just feel like it was out of place when he got like they never showed him in any of the movies either he wasn't like an actor he was like a former actor so i didn't really think it was necessary to have a former actor to talk about how hard it is to be a former actor because they have dirk's a former actor but i guess it's a former actor trying to integrate into society and being pushed aside i guess was the what they were trying to establish but i know it's a movie but i know it's a movie but i don't have much because again this movie is so good and they do they do such a good job of cleaning up all the minute details throughout it we were born in the 80s, so we didn't experience this, but it's a little heavy on the drug stuff, like you said. It's so much coke. It's well, I think like... part of it too is it like, yeah, coke wasn't that prevalent. I think they're talking about just kind of like in that industry. Yeah, in San Fernando Valley, in the adult well, film industry in the 70s and 80s. That's how bad it was. Well, that and then it's just, and then it was kind of showing you that once you get hooked in that stuff, you, it it drives your whole life. You can't, you know, trying to maybe trying to give you a little life lesson while it's at it. Don't do drugs, kids. Uh, the other thing is it it kind of jumps around all over the place. It kind of cuts. It, it there were holes 
in the plot. And I think, again, that was probably scenes they shot and then ended up not having. So I can't really hold that against them. It's, it's, a, it's such a cinematic beauty that some of that stuff you kind of got to let go. And there's some really, really great scenes in it. But anything else for you? No, I was about to ask you what your what your uh, what do you think the best line is? <laughs> okay, so I have five of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to bet we're gonna have some of the same. <laughs> yeah. So, obviously, start with aim for her tits, Eddie, because it's really funny. <laughs> yep. Jack says you got a great big cock because that's funny. <laughs> do you want me to use a Spanish accent? Because that's funny. <laughs> I like the simple things like butter in my ass and a lollipop in my mouth because that's funny. And then the last one is when. Uh, when Dirk's freaking out on everybody and he goes, I want to fuck. It's my big dick. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. Like all of this stuff was just entertainingly funny. As yeah. Nice just like, I got you pretty much hundred percent on all of those. Yeah. I just added one, added one too. And they're in the hot tub. He reads like, want to hear a poem I wrote? <laughs> goes, I love you. You love me going down the sugar tree. We'll go down the sugar tree. And see lots of bees playing, playing, but the bees won't sting because you love me. That's it. And then he says something like, that's beautiful, man. He's like, yeah, I wrote that. I write He's like, yeah, too. I wrote too. <laughs> and you know what? I, I, wonder, I, I can't pick one out, but I think if I just had the whole part where Reed has the guitar and Eddie's sitting next to him and they're trying to write a song. Yeah, and he's like, and he's, they're like jamming through it. Like, I think we should lay that down. I think we should lay that down. And the guy in the booth just looks like he wants to shoot himself. All right. Who's your favorite character? This is a tough one for me. I'm telling you, I was like sitting there thinking, I was like, it's like, it's easy to say, because I, I really do think that Dirk was really good in it. And Mark Walber did a really good job in it. But I thought John C. Riley did a really good job in it. I thought Burt Reynolds, probably from top to bottom, was the most consistent. Like I probably would say that he, this might be his best. It's the only movie he's, he won an, an award for. Like out of said, all if movies, did, it's the only one, it's the only movie he's won an award for was, um, and the only, only movie he's been nominated for an Oscar for, and the only golden globe he's won was this movie. I agree. Well, would you have one? Or are you kind of bouncing between the three of them? I'd probably say Jack, Jack Horner. I would have liked to have seen more Jack Horner in this movie, to be honest. I kept like waiting for longer scenes with him, and he's, his scenes are really cut short. And I would, like, I would like to have seen more of him, to be honest. I thought he was that good. But my favorite character was Reed. I thought Reed was so funny. Like, every scene he was in, I was cracking up. No, he was... He was I, like I said, I agree. Like, it, he definitely added a ton to that movie. I said, I go, I'd say Philip Seymour Hoffman, but... His character was just too awkward for me. So that's made you feel uncomfortable. Oh, Scotty J. Yeah. Like he, he like is the, really the, funny, but he's just, he, he's uncomfortable at times. This scene where he's holding the microphone in, in his first sex scene, he's like, you'd see him like trying to like fight getting an erection, watching, looking at dirt. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, oh yeah. And it, it's funny. He essentially plays the exact same character in Twister because Twister was the year before this. So it's like if the guy from Twister was in the porn, was a, uh, the microphone guy for the porn industry, it would have been about the same thing. Like kind of goofy, kind of awkward, kind of funny, but sounds like him. Yeah. Who's your worst character? Uh, I had one. I had one. Again, I just didn't, I didn't find I any really need for Buck. 
the, the thing is like I feel bad for Heather Graham. I feel like she's got just kind of cast in these freaking roles. Like if you look at like Hangover, she's a dancer. Uh, she's a yeah, a dancer escortish. And then you look at this movie. This is what she is. You know, even like Austin Powers, she's just like a sec. You know, just like they they're hiring her because she's hot. Because she's, she's kind of acting the exact same way in every movie. And she's actually really funny. She's very talented and really funny. And she has another movie. She has a movie she just directed that came out that looks pretty funny. Um, I'm trying to remember what it's called now. I have to look it up. But okay, so we went through a lot of these already. Some of the the internet facts that are out there. We talked about Burt Reynolds and regretting making it. So here we go. Uh, Burt Reynolds hated the idea of doing a movie promoting the porn industry and turned down, or turned the Jack Corner de- role down several times. He also felt like he was selling out and letting his old fans down. After angrily telling Paul Thomas Anderson the last the last time offered, he wasn't interested and to leave him alone, Anderson told him if he could carry that attitude with him the whole role, he would be nominated for an Oscar. He subsequently chose to do the film and was nominated for the actor. So I, I'd said about him being nominated for the Oscar before. Uh, some of the movies were in reference to the career of John Holmes. We talked about that. Uh, you said about Veronica Hart was the adult film actress that Amber Waves was had lost. It was in the, was the judge in preparation for the role. William H. Macy was brought by adult film star, Nina Hartley, who played his on-screen wife to the set of an adult film to do some research. Uh, Here's an interesting one. When appearing, I'm sorry, when appeared on inside the actor's studio, William H. Macy recalled that at the rap party, Nina Hartley who played his character's little Bill's wife was a real life adult film star, gave the cast, gifts of her own porn movies i actually read that somewhere too <laughs> yeah you had sent that one to me earlier we talked about mark Wahlberg keeping the prosthetic penis paul thomas anderson simulated the dialogue in the fake porn movies by adapting actual dialogue from real porn movies he, he did it so people could not say the porn dialogue sounded fake so that was like real dialogue from porn movies put into those paul thomas anderson had a role of scotty with philip seymour hoffman in mind when Hoffman read the script. He was stunned to learn the subject matter was porn. He said 40 seconds of the film were cut to reduce the original NC-17 rating to an R. Burt Reynolds said in a, Ma- in a Maxim Magazine interview that he researched the role by visiting porn sets and talking with the real porn actors. He said the experience made him want to wear rubber gloves and take a shower afterwards, and all the porn actors asked him how they could get Screen Actors Guild cards. Instead of following the template and having the characters change and be different people at the end of the film, Paul Thomas Anderson decided against it. That really doesn't happen here, he told IndieWire in 1997. Everyone, everybody's the same. Maybe if there's a change, it's like one degree. Uh, normally you see a 90-degree change in movies. To me, they're all pretty much the exact same person they were at the beginning of the movie, which is true. They all kind of were the same thing, just a little bit cleaner version of it. Mm-hmm. All right, that's got, about all I had. I got, I got this for you here. This little... This little uh, you were talking about... You didn't want to say this, but I'm going to say it. How they wanted Leonardo DiCaprio to star as Dirk Diggler. Uh, but the uh, the actor was like, I think he had pre already said he's going to do Titanic or something like that. Well, I was going to go through all those in the, no, wait, in the wait. casting part. Not finished yet. So he recommended Mark Wahlberg because they had started in Basketball Diaries together. He said, uh, Mark came to me and said, I've got an inch on Leo. <laughs> and, I said, and I said, and I said, really? And he showed it to me. And then I hired him <laughs> years later. Wow. Leonardo DiCaprio, Leonardo DiCaprio would say turning down boogie nights was his 
biggest regret. <laughs> well, he went and did Titanic and made a whole bunch of money and became the biggest acting star in the world. So, yeah, I guess it wasn't he, too bad of an idea. He's doing all right for himself. He's doing all right for himself. Any any other ones? Nope. So normally this is the part where Mike and I would say, should we remake the movie? Yes. And who would we put in it today? This we're going to do a little differently with this because there's a lot of information out there on people that were offered the role. The movie would have been there. Half of this movie was recast with other people if they all had gone through. So including them are Leonardo DiCaprio, who you talked about. He went on and did Titanic instead. Joaquin Phoenix was offered the role of Eddie also, but he didn't like the idea of playing the porn star. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow was offered the role of Roller Girl. But she turned it down. Both Warren Beatty and Jack Nicholson were offered the role of Jack Horner. Would have been interesting. Jack Black was considered for the role of Scotty J. Samuel L. Jackson was offered the role of Buck Swope. And Marissa Tomei was offered the role of Amber Waves. So it could have theoretically had a movie of Dirk Diggler played by Leonardo DiCaprio. Jack Horner, played by either Warren Beatty or Jack Nicholson. Roller Girl, played by Gwyneth Paltrow. Scotty J, played by Jack Black. Buck, played by Samuel Jackson. And Amber Waves, played by Marissa Tomei. That's a very different movie. still think it would have been pretty good, though. I do, but I think it's not as funny. No, definitely not. Could you imagine Buck Swope trying to sell, you know, a stereo? And You're going to M- buy the stereo, motherfucker. <laughs> just people left and right. I don't think – I like Marissa Tomei. I don't think I would have liked her as much. I don't think – I think she seems like she has her shit together too much to play Amber Waves. Maybe not back then. It's back like, you know. Well, she did – this was a few years after My Cousin Vinny. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Jack Black is Scotty J. I think that you would that would have been a, a wash. That's about the same thing. Gwyneth Paltrow's Roller Girl. I don't know if I see her as the broken character that Heather Graham played. Warren Beatty or Jack Nicholson as Jack Horner probably would have been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody else, just off the top of your head, that you thought would have been good to play this in 1997? I was thinking for Jack. Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel. I think he was actually one of the people considered for it. But Jeff Bridges wouldn't have been a bad Jack. It would have been kind of interesting as Jack. This was right before Big Lebowski. He might have actually been a little young. Mm, no, because it would have been the same time as Big Lebowski. So I'm just saying Burt Reynolds is about 10 or 15 years older than him. Oh, probably at least. Because you got to think. So Burt Reynolds would have been, what, 60-something? If he did, he's 80, He just died at 81. So, 61. So, Burt Reynolds was like 60. So, he probably was in his 40s or early 50s when this was made. So, yeah, about 10 years. You're right. I'm trying to think of anybody else who would have been like a really big deal in the mid to late 90s. For that age group, yeah. Yeah. I guess that that's about it then. I'm glad I went back and rewatched this movie. Because I hadn't seen the whole movie in a long time. The truth is, I watched it on my birthday this year. <laughs> <laughs> so I had seen it, but we were drinking too all day. So oh, that yeah, that can that can really throw you off. You get very distracted when that's going on. I remember like laughing during it, so I was like, I'm excited to sit down and actually pay attention and watch this a little bit more. 
Yeah. For the record, M- Mike and I had uh, discussed the Burt Reynolds thing, and I-, I sent him a list of movies, and he just sent me a little gift video of Burt Reynolds and Mark Wahlberg. And I said, is that the movie we're doing? He's like, yes. I said, all right. We, we, we were going to do Lord of War next, but I think we're going to put that one on, on hold for now. We, we got to come up with a list of the next couple of movies. So any suggestions on movies, send them over to us. Follow us on Twitter at worth the watch PC. Uh, email us at worth the watch podcast at gmail.com. Please share it with your friends, share it with your, well, maybe not your family. They might not like it as much as, <laughs> as uh, but share it with your friends, send it on, you know, show it to other people where our numbers continue to grow. We finally, or we just, we just hit 500 total downloads. Very exciting. We're, we're looking to continue to expand and move on and keep making good movies. So anything you guys are interested in hearing, hearing us discuss, send it over to us. Any suggestions, Mike, for the next one you want to do? Mm. My suggestion is some sort of baseball esque movie for starting a playoffs. I'm going to I'm going to put a poll out there on Twitter. I think we'll we'll go with rookie of the year, Angels in the outfield, little big league and maybe Bull Durham? Yeah. Okay. We'll put those four out there. See if we can get some votes. Share it with other people too once you vote. See if more people we can get some and it'll be about maybe next week we'll reveal which one we're going to end up doing. We'll see where we end up at, so well, thank you guys, and uh, thanks, Mike. We'll, we'll catch you next time. Sounds good.